And I want to talk to this church tonight, to this people who are filled with the Holy Ghost. Some of us are going through some difficult times, some difficult places. We did not sign up for this, and we didn't see things coming. And sometimes it's so easy to to get distracted by the circumstances of our lives that we lose hope and lose sight. I'm not talking to sinners or backsliders. I'm talking to people who are struggling to live for God where they are. And those of you who are here, who are visitors, who are, who are searching for God, I will tell you that the same thing that applies to us applies to you. And I feel like what your pastor feels, I feel like the Lord is getting ready to ask you to do a 180. To turn. We're just going to turn tonight. And I want to put up on the PowerPoint what my husband began teaching this morning, and I'm going to condense it for you because I believe the Lord is calling this church to seeking out for a reason, a very specific reason, not just for you. But there are two paths open to us. There are ten characteristics of salvation or destruction. I'm not going to teach the whole lesson. Your pastor's going to break that down as the Lord leads him to I'm just condensing this destruction is to the left and salvation is to the right these are choices we make as disciples of Jesus Christ but know this everybody else is going through the same thing it's the way we deal with where we are that determines our discipleship did you hear I want to repeat that it's what we choose as our response to what happens to us that determines whether we take a path to the left, which will take us deeper into destruction, despair, depression, hopelessness, or the path to the right, which will lead us up and out of where we are or where we have been. So this morning, my husband went through the first five hypocrisy versus openness i expect when i come to church to be challenged i i don't expect that when i leave i'll say well if so and so would have been here they would have heard a good word i am the so and so i need it because it's like coming in daily and deciding that i only need a bath once a week before long, I began to reek of myself. I tell you, the same parallel applies spiritually. It doesn't matter if you're not out there doing all the other things other people do. If we do not stay washed, we reek of ourselves. And hypocrisy is covering the truth about us. That's what it is. Well, let me tell you the truth about me. Just look at this face. I'm going to tell you the truth. Every day I repent. Every day I ask the Lord to cleanse me and to forgive me. Because it is written, all have sinned. My little children, I write to you. I don't want you to sin, but if you sin, we have an advocate. I just assume that I've sinned. I know my attitude. I know how I am, how I respond to pressure and stress. It's not like Jesus I have to ask the Lord to forgive me. Now, maybe my family doesn't notice it, but a bad attitude is an attitude nonetheless. 
I may not be drinking or smoking, but if I am unbroken in the presence of God and I'm not willing to admit it, I have covered myself in a cloak of hypocrisy. The next thing is covetousness versus contentment. You can sit in a church, and my husband made numerous references this morning to wanting to be used in someone else's position. Well, I'm telling you right now, there are many other things you can covet besides a position in church. You can drive one another to distraction by asking each other to work harder so that you can have that new this or that new that and miss the contentment that comes when your heart is at peace with God. There is nothing like being in turmoil because you feel you lack. Psalms 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So if I am constantly agitated, if I am constantly ill at ease, If I am constantly in conflict, if I am always in aggression and people have to handle me with kid gloves, folks, it's not about them. It's about me. I need to hear that when I come to the house of the Lord. This is not the place to delude myself into believing everything's just fine with me. I must live a scrupulously clean life. Otherwise, what's the point in having the Holy Ghost? What's the point? This is where I get real. I reveal. This has come to me so many times. How much you reveal is how much you heal. There's no way that God will rip the covers off and say, I'm going to expose you. He waits for us to peel back the bandages and say, I've been covering this a long time. Why? Because when you begin to heal and you say, I I will not replace God and my love of him with other things. If I don't have it from him, I must not need it. Because it's written, my God shall supply all your needs. I have learned to be content wherever I am. And if I'm not content and I start searching for other things, then I am replacing God as the center of my life and fill in the blank with whatever pursuit. There are so many things to to keep us separated from Jesus. You know, Abigail and Caleb are very attached to their mom right now. But a couple of times I've been able to distract them by offering them something and they'll let go of her hand to take mine. Well, that sounds kind of deceptive and it really isn't because I'm not trying to beguile those children. I'm trying to get to know them. But the same principle works. As I walk through life with Jesus, he never ages, but I am. I can't afford the luxury of letting go of his hand. You say, well, you're almost 60 years old. Why do you need to be with Jesus like a child? Because I can't navigate life without him. I don't know what I'm doing. Contentment with my shepherd. Not watchful versus diligence. I'm always watching out for me because I don't trust myself. Jesus said, watch with me. He didn't say for eight hours. He didn't say for four hours. When he went to his disciples, he said, I want you to watch with me for one hour. 
there is an urgency on the church in this hour that I never remember in my life. Perhaps it's because I'm going to be 60 this year and the wheel of life has turned. I was once a little girl and then I became a teenager. Very quickly I became a student and then a wife, then a mother. Now I'm a grandmother. And my mother's shoes still remain filled. But before long, if God tarries, I know what's going to happen. I will take off these shoes and step into another pair and I'll be somebody's great-grandmother. It's happened so fast, Rowan. I didn't know it would happen so fast. We laughed about it this morning, but the truth is. Change has come to us all. We don't have to run from it. We can face it with a shepherd. Because he said, I want you to be diligent. How long do I have to be diligent? Just today. Just today. How long do I have to search my heart to see is it well? Just today. How long do I have to spend time with Jesus? Just today. How long do I have to pray for my kids again? Just today. How many times do I have to ask Jesus to heal me? Just today. You say, but I've been asking for 15 years. Never add up time. Because the scripture says, my times are in his hands. And he is a healer and he heals daily. He said, today is the day of salvation. Not Wednesday when you come in to pray. He said, I want you to get a hold of this right now. I want you to get this in your spirit today. And then he said, the next thing is, if you make comparisons between yourselves, and women are so guilty of this because we're so easily led by things we see and hear. And it's a miracle to me that at the basis of the beauty movement and the fashion movement are men who don't even love women, but whose desire is to make merchandise of the desires of our heart. And he said, I don't want you to compare yourselves ever. The opposite of comparison, and my husband's put personal accountability, but I call that wisdom. You, I don't want you to go down the pathway of experience to glean, glean wisdom. The Bible said you don't have to learn the hard way. If you lack wisdom, you can ask of God and He'll give you wisdom beyond your years and beyond your experience instead of making comparisons between, and men do it just like women. It's just as easy for a man to compare himself to someone else and say, well, I don't have to worry about it at 20, but you'll do it at 40. And you'll probably do it at 50 because all of a sudden it will dawn on you that there's a clock. And there's an expiration date. And they call it middle-aged crazy. But what the truth of it is is that you begin to realize I'm not where I wanted to be at all. And I'm telling you if Jesus is the center of your life, these things will be the natural outgrowth of your relationship with Him. So I'm calling you to account. Northside. I'm asking you, do you have those things? Do you have openness and contentment? Are you diligent? Or have you let slip a few things? Are you personally accountable? 
Do you clean your plate every day when you go to bed and lay your head down? Are the things that are unrepented and unforgiven and unremarked? We make it a policy in our family. My children have been raised this way. We tell each other we love one another every single day because you just don't know. I don't wait until there's a family reunion to express affection. I do not wait until there's an altar call to apologize for my sins. The Bible says if you come to the altar and you've got something between you and a brother and you brought a gift, you're choosing between the gift at the altar or my brother. I took Rowan and stole him away from the prayer room. I said to myself, far more important that I touch with this young man because too much has happened since I've been gone. I had to see you, Rowan. I had to pray with you, tell you that I love you, that I remember. I had to tell you that I see your father in your face and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I had to say it. Why? Because there is something more important than Rowan and I sitting separately in the prayer room. There was a communication that needed to take place. He said, you go and you make yourself accountable wisdom. And then unfruitful versus fruitful and I run this list past my eyes numerous times because see I'm involved in church work all I have to do is put a skirt on and put a bun in my hair I look the part but I know the truth just like those beautiful marigolds sister Stanky gave to me I hope they make it home and I plan them I'll think of you every time I see them Lord what's growing in me love or indifference Peace or turmoil? Joy or sorrow? The Bible said the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Righteousness. We don't like to talk about that, but you know what righteousness is? Training and how to treat people and how to treat God. I have excused so much bad behavior by ignorance. Lord, forgive me, I didn't know. But the truth is, when the Lord is your shepherd, He's going to teach you some things about how you treat people. And He said, I'm going to know you've passed from death to life, not how you treat guest speakers, but when they're gone, how you connect with each other. How well do you get along together? He said, that's how I know. Who knew that the measuring stick is not how good the music is? That the measuring stick of heaven is not how we look or how nicely we dress. The measuring stick is what's growing inside every day. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, temperance, faith. Then the next part of that list on the path. Destruction produces no compassion. That means there's no mercy, no tolerance. You either measure up or out you go. Do you know where that comes from? The Bible said, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I'm going to tell you where it comes from. He said, you shall not make an image. When you make an image of what you think you should be, your children should be, your marriage should be, when you make it an image of what you think your life should be, you made it. Here's the danger. Everything that's man-made that isn't God is hard, unyielding, and inflexible. Please notice, he said these are graven images. They're made by hand, and they're made of all kinds of hard, hard, hard materials. They're either silver, 
gold, metal, bronze, brass, wood, or stone. And he said the people that worship that stuff become just like what they worship. They can't feel. The rules are more important than the relationship. The image is more important than being real. The little children can't walk that fast. So even if my image is five steps for every one of mine, at some point I just look and say, Caleb can't keep up with me. I'm going to have to slow down. Because it's not so important that Caleb keeps up with me. It's important that I slow down to allow him to walk with me. Compassion means full of love. No word grows. That means that when pressure comes on, the scripture says, let this mind be in you, which was in Jesus Christ, who allowed himself to be a servant. Although he could have done all kinds of things, he accommodated himself to the level of the people he traveled with. If I'm all that, like Jesus then I'm the one who adapts. I don't make people adapt to me. I adapt to them so we can walk together. It's too lonely to walk alone. I feel the Holy Ghost. We just need to stop for a minute. Jesus, I feel you in this house. I feel a washing. I see an angel with a bucket of water. You're washing this congregation because you have plans. I see it. Please help us receive this word. In Jesus' name. Say in Jesus' name. Instead of my opinion, the Bible said, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you so that scriptures come to your mind. And instead of you parroting your opinion or your feelings, You quote scriptures into situations and then act on them. My husband and I drive on the freeway often, and this is a wonderful place to practice. Bless them that curse you. Have you ever had a one-finger cursing? I think it might be two fingers here. Yes, unfortunately, I know that signal too. Well, that's a prompt according to what the Bible says. Because somebody in that car that just sent a curse to me is in trouble. How many people have cursed me that will never see me? And I send a prayer right behind them in the name of Jesus. So why would you do such a foolish thing? Because my dad said, I want you to bless them that curse you. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Love them that hate you. And do good to them. Why? So I can say you're like me. Oh. Full of word. Critical versus merciful. The one, two, and three come from images. Idolatrous images. I've seen it in mothers that are determined that their children shall be the best at everything. And they push those little kids till their bones nearly crack. Those children live under stress, endurance, because their mother has an image of what she wants her child to be. 
that critical, self-critical, constant measurement of self. Say, how do you know about that? Because of my own past, I never felt clean enough. So I figured that if I worked really hard to be a super student and a super spiritual girl, I would heal. I didn't know that my efforts couldn't heal me. So I held myself up to a standard of excellence that I couldn't even live up to, which meant I spent most of my time miserable until my husband got up and preached about the yardstick that Jesus broke across his arms when he was stretched between heaven and earth. And I saw that yardstick, and I saw myself constantly beating myself up about what I wasn't and what I'd never be. And I remember the day sitting on the pew when the Lord broke the yardstick against which I measured myself, and I went free. Now I don't have an image. I have no reputation. I am nothing. I am just a servant of Jesus Christ. There is freedom when you admit that you are nothing and He is everything. And suddenly mercy flows from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And you recognize you're just human like everybody else and you need mercy. said, blessed are the merciful. They shall obtain mercy. I don't get so mad at people anymore. I'm not so critical and unforgiving. I just see myself in another form. I understand people need mercy. I am a people. And then... Selfish versus selfless. I didn't finish that last night very well. The blue, the red, the white, and the blue. The Bible said in Revelation, the 12th chapter, that the ones that overcame the red dragon, who is so self-centered, all about me and I and my, and this is the age of the selfie, many gods plastered all over Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Who is your God? I am. He said, these people didn't love their lives to the death. You know what I'm grateful for? All these people that God has given me to serve, you know what they're preventing me from doing? Becoming the center of my own world. It's protection. I get finished serving one, he sends me to serve another. Now go do this. Now go serve. Now rest a while. Now get up and go again. What are you doing? I'm occupying until the master of the house because the truth is this I'm waiting like a little girl with her face pressed against the glass dressed up at Christmas time and looking for my papa to come with a car filled with packages I'm the porter that hollers to everybody I can see a cloud of dust everyone get ready he's coming I can see it everybody get ready I'm like the lead girl at the orphanage all of us together under one roof is saying come on now's not the time to go outside and get dirty let me wash your face and hands let me look at your dress did you get anything on those trousers we've got to get ready because when he comes I want us to all be spotless selfless is protection for me coming to humble little churches and humble little people it keeps me linked to a hope if I ever stop and start seeking for my own I'm done for 
I'll die in selfishness. I feel Jesus lift our hands right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where are you on the list? Are you somewhere between dead and alive? The last one is dead spiritually or alive spiritually. Now, I've been every now and teased a little bit because I see everything is spiritual. Well, you know why I, I do that? Because I live at the edge of the abyss where I see nothing but facts and figures. The reality of people I love that don't serve God anymore. I have to have hope. I cannot build my hope on the reality of where they are. If I start listing the facts, it's like walking into a room with somebody who's attached to a life support system. There's nothing but bells and whistles and the awful sound of that machine breathing for someone who's dead. Now, that's a fact. But if I walk in there and I look at Jesus then I don't see the bells and the whistles and the dings and the sound of breathing. I see him with eyes like fire, hair white as wool. I see him standing at Lazarus' tomb saying, roll away the stone. What I'm looking for is not what I see. I'm speaking to those things that are not as though they were. Between now and his return, I don't know how I'm going to end. I know this. I know that some of us are going to go by the way of the grave. Always moves me when I come here because I never know when I'm coming back. And I don't know who won't be here when I get here. But I'm going to tell you this. I began this journey with the Alpha. I will end this journey with the Omega. I will not, I did not begin with a blessing. I began with Jesus. I will not end with cancer. I will end with the one I began with. I won't end with a what. I'm going to end with a who. And that's what it means to be all in and alive. It means I see what everybody else has seen, but I see beyond it. I see beyond it. I see beyond now to then. When death is swallowed up in victory. Now, you would think this would be enough. And your pastor has already told me you have a Wednesday prayer meeting. And I asked him, I said, I feel like in the Holy Ghost that your church needs to begin asking God for these ten qualities. That when you walk in the door on Wednesday night, this church gets on its knees with a list and begins to go right down the list. God, give us these ten things. That's strategic. That's the big picture. Now, how God's going to do it, I don't know. Sometimes the Lord puts us through things to give us gifts and to give us strength. And we, we kick and scream and cry, how could you do this to me? And the very thing that's causing us pain is the portal through which God is trying to give us what we need to finish the journey. So you have to open yourself up and say, take this moment and this pain and put in me what I need. Because this is what the Lord gave me while I was sitting here. 
Well, Brother Butcher, you may have to revisit this, but I saw all of this, and the Holy Ghost spoke to me. Second Corinthians 5, 18, 19, and 20. Say, so why am I going to ask for this? I'm going to tell you why. This is part of the big picture. And everybody who's going to be a servant of Jesus Christ is going to have to have these characteristics. And it will be all you can do to wrestle every day against your human nature that tells you this is not necessary and this is just for preachers and this is just for Americans. Your mind is already arguing with you, but Wednesday night, I believe this church is going to be full of people on their faces and you are going to move in a different direction. I want us to thank the Lord right now. I feel what's about to happen. I can feel it in my bones. I can feel it. This is the word of the Lord. We're getting ready to turn. We're getting ready to do a right hand turn. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 5, 18, 19, and 20. Now listen to me. Look at my face before you look at that. Is there anybody in this house tonight who knows a backslider? Would you raise your hands? Okay. Would you like these people to be saved before Jesus comes? Okay. I, I, I think I'm going to ask that again. I want to make sure that I heard you correctly. Do you want these people to be saved? Okay, well, their sin has separated them in much the same way that a volcano cracks open the earth and you find yourself standing, one of you over here and one of you over there. When there is an earthquake, and sin is an earthquake, and it creates a gap, a huge gap between you, there has to be a bridge. These ten steps are the ten building blocks of the bridge. You say, well, I want God to go get them. He's not going to do that. He has come to this house looking for stones. He's about to build a bridge so that your backsliders can come home before it's too late. I want you to lift your hands and thank the Lord. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. Your children. Your children. People who are lost. People who need God. You say, are they going to come to this house? You allow God to work these characteristics in you. And He's going to make you a bridge they can cross over. They need a reconciliation. They need a reconciliation between where they are and where you are. So I want you to look at Corinthians. All things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. So he sent Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ stretched himself between heaven and earth and laid down like a bridge over troubled waters and let us walk across him He said, I'm the way. Well, I don't know how to get there. He said, follow me. Come on. 
He said, you've got to digest me. He said, I want you to literally digest my example. I'm the way. And he became the bridge. I would never have come to Western Australia had there not been a bridge between us. You would never be sitting in this church had there not been a bridge. Somebody became a bridge to you. And do you know what? They had all those ten characteristics. And I'm telling you, God is looking for people who are full of those ten pathways because somebody needs to walk on you. Well, if you're always offended, if you're never here, if you don't give a rip, then there's nobody that can find their way home. You are the key to someone's way home. I think you need to hear that again. You're the key. They need to see Jesus in you. And those ten characteristics. You say, well, I want somebody else to go heal my child. You're the healer. Say, I don't know what to say. That's why you're going to be on your face Wednesday night asking for wisdom. Because God can give you words that heal. The Bible says, we have the ministry of what? Reconciliation is another word for bridge building. He said, you people can build a bridge. But if you're fighting with each other and you're fighting with yourself and your head is not in the game, then there's no way you can be on the team that scores a moment. And you say, what is the touchdown? What is the moment when we yell goal? When that door opens up and somebody who thought they weren't good enough to come home walks in and says, someone's been praying for me. I can't sleep at night. Somebody's been praying. Pray for me. I can't rest. I've got to get home. And somebody picks up a phone under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and says, I love you, son. I don't care what you've done. How can you do that? I know what mercy feels like. Lift your hands right now. Oh, my God in heaven. I want you to pray a little bit for right now. I want God to open your eyes. I need some intercessory prayer going on right now. There are some people who don't know how to get back. There are people sitting in this audience right now who don't have a clue what I'm talking about. We need this church to intercede for everything in here. Front to back, left to right, top to bottom. Oh my God. Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. He gave us say, well, don't they have to do a whole bunch of stuff to come home? 2 Corinthians 5.19 To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the word unto himself, lining people up and listing the 50,000 things they did wrong before they get to come home. Not imputing 
their trespasses. Listen to me. If you are sitting in this audience offended and you are waiting for somebody to come ask for forgiveness, look at my face. I'm going to step in for that person. I'm going to say, will you forgive me? Oh, no. I won't let go until they come. I'm stepping in the place of your offender. Please forgive me. That's as good as it's going to get. No, no. I want them to say it. I am the them. If I had known how I had hurt you, I wouldn't have done it. If I could have felt where you are, I wouldn't have crushed you under my foot. If I had been sensitive to the Holy Ghost, I would have been gentle in the way I handled you, but I wasn't and I didn't, so forgive me. Now, if you can receive it, you have just been given an apology by the person that offended you. The question is, do you want to be healed or do you want to be avenged? I feel there's a healing right now. Bow your heads and close your eyes. If you want healing, I want you to lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost. You will sit there and die if you are waiting for somebody to come to you. But I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost right now. Let it go. I want you to let go. I want you to give that to God. I want you to let go of it. He said, I've come to heal you. What have you been waiting for? Just somebody to tell me they love me and they care about me and they see something worthy in me. I am that somebody. I came to tell you 10,000 miles away that Jesus saw you and he loves you. Hallelujah. Church, I want you to cry out to God right now. The Lord is doing an amazing work in us. Lift your voice and cry Northside like you never have. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let it go, baby. Let it go. Let it go, let it go. Let all of it go. Let it go, let it go. Hallelujah! Let it go, let it go. Let it go. There's mercy and grace. You don't need revenge. You need healing at the throne. Oh, hey, I'm giving you a word of healing. I'm giving you a word of reconciliation. Cross that bridge. There's healing on this side. Cross that bridge. There's hope on this side. Cross that bridge. There's help on this side. Hallelujah. Those of you that want more, I want you to stand to your feet. I'm not finished yet, but we're going to let the Holy Ghost fall. Hallelujah. I want you to lay your hands on the people standing next to you if it's appropriate. And we're going to pray for one another. We're going to restore each other right now. We're going to restore one another. Hallelujah. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. What are you doing, Jesus? I'm building the bridge. <laughs> 